You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right. Welcome one. Welcome all to the Blogging the Boys Roundtable. We are back this week. There's a lot to catch up on because I don't know about y'all. This has been the longest week. It hasn't even felt like a week with everything that has happened in all things Dallas Cowboys free agency. I'm your host for the night, Jess Navarez. We have David Hellman right here to my, I guess, my left. And then we have Brandon Laurie right here, uh, kind of across from me. And then we have the one, the only Danny Phantom right here uh, under me. It's just four of us. So we're in a nice little Brady Bunch-esque little box uh, tonight. And we have a lot to talk about. So First and foremost, uh, when Brandon and I talk on our podcast, we always call it our therapy. And usually that's because we need to vent about things, cow- all things Dallas Cowboys. But I feel like this week we have a good vent session that's going to come on. So, Helman, I'm going to start with you. How are you feeling about what the Cowboys have done so far during this free agency? I'm feeling really great. I feel like everything that they have done um, so far with with their trades, with the contract decisions that they've done, um it's basically all I could have asked for uh, and I never thought that they would actually follow through on so it's always fun when your favorite team does the things that you think are a smart move and hopefully it turns out to actually be a good move in the end and and the Cowboys are able to get over the hump and and get a little further in the playoffs but for right now being in the offseason it feels good All right. And then, Brandon, we talked a little bit about this on the writer's block. But overall, because there was still a lot that happened even after we recorded. How do you feel about free agency as a whole so far? If you had to give it on a scale of one to ten, where are you ranking it? Well, I would say a ten. And I'm kind of freaking out because as you can see I'm not in my usual spot I kind of had to go into my bunker uh because I think it's just like the world is ending it's it, how is this possible that the Cowboys oh, are man. acting like this right now it's it's truly something amazing. yeah I, I have to say I mean it really is something to behold because we talked about this on our podcast last night that this free agency period kind of set up really well for the Cowboys where the market has not gone out of control. I mean, you even see someone like Dalton Schultz get one year and then the contract terms end up being like six and a quarter uh, million. And then, you know, with incentives and stuff, it adds up to the nine, but there really isn't a strong market for a lot of these free agents. So the Cowboys were actually saying like, there's not going to be a market. Like, of course, we're not going to be the ones to reset it. So we have a lot more guys that we can get at market value that are still quality players. So I've been very impressed. I know we talked about it last night that, I'd give it a five-star rating. I'll I'll give it a 10 here right now. I really can't find any sort of negatives with what they've done so far, which is a very rare thing to say. And Danny, I have been dying to hear your opinion on this free agency because usually you're, you are, I mean, you're a realist when it comes to all things Cowboys, you're going to be real with it to the point. How are you feeling about free agency? That's the, Nice words, Jess. I, you know, I, I've almost had I a little I need it from the bottom of my heart. I really do. I mean, I feel fantastic. Uh, you know, how 
how much do you have to shake things up to have Laurie like uh, be a doomsday or so? I mean, look at the, the thing that makes me happy is I feel like it's got a little bit of everything, you know, for everyone. And it's like, you know, a lot of us are on different ends with like what we want the Cowboys to do. And with the, the moves they've made, they kind of like brought us all together because we're all happy. It's really hard to to be upset about anything they've done. And and to me, you know, one of the moves that no one's really talking about that that I'm happy about because, you know, I am a, a cap guy, you know, a, a you know, Stephen Jones, you know, burner account guy. And I love the cap and, but we like, know. They, yeah, yeah, we know yeah, that. yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but um, what they did with Ty- Tyron Smith is just, I, I mean, that's just one of the most brilliant contracts I've seen them do. Cause it's like, it, we were debating like, you know, uh, if we had this, it'd be great to have that. But, just, you know, we have to pick one or the other. But, no, the Jones managed to do both. Super happy. And also, too, I don't even know what kind of contract sorcery they did with Brandon Cooks because some money's missing. And we, was, we like, turned him in from to, like, half price, really, to be quite honest. He was, like, a two-year 40 million guy. He's a two-year 20 million guy now. So that's fantastic in a great mood. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I can be much happier. I was going to add one more thing to that. And – when you look at the moves that they made just today before we're recording this podcast, that's like a whole off season for the Cowboys, you know, when it comes to free agency and you look at the players that they, that they got backup offensive line as like a swing tackle, a rotational pass rusher that has high upside and familiarity with Dan Quinn. And that's really what you expect from the Cowboys backup running backs, all these things. And we forget that they had an entire week last week where they addressed so many needs, brought in a lot of guys and this is just like icing on the cake at this point. And you would think that at this point, what we saw today is all that would happen for the Cowboys. But the fact that they already addressed so much beforehand at like what Danny is saying, like very fiscally responsible, it's like right in their wheelhouse. And I think that we've seen a big difference in the front office, how they do things, especially with releasing Ezekiel Elliott for all the fans out there that, you know, it, it stinks. But when it comes to the Cowboys, it's unheard of for them to do that. So the fact that they did that, it's like you're turning over a brand new leaf. And this is a front office that I, quite frankly, don't really recognize right now. And I like how you said icing on the cake, but we're talking about the Cowboys. So I think it would be more like ice cream on the pie sort of situation just to keep things very appropriate. And I know Danny loves to talk about pie. I know everybody here loves when I bring up pie. So had to throw that in there. But let's go down the list of the additions, the departures, and the returns overall that we've seen just within this last week overall, because there has been a lot of action. Uh, additions, obviously, you have Stefan Gilmore, Brandon Cooks, Chuma Edaga, which I learned how to say today, by the way, uh, Ronald Jones, those are your additions, and then Chuma and Ronald actually coming in today, as Brandon and Danny were alluding to there. Your departures, you have Connor McGovern, Luke Gifford, Noah Brown, of course, Ezekiel Elliott, we know, and then one that didn't really come as a surprise, Dalton Schultz. It was surprising, however, uh, he chose to go with the Texans. As for re-signings, you have Tony Pollard on that franchise tag, Terrence Steele, Donovan Wilson, woohoo, LVE, CJ Goodwin, Cooper Rush, Rico Dowdle, that happened today, as well as Dante Fowler, which I think was a fantastic move. But, um, Hellman, we'll go back to you uh, overall. How do you feel with the departures we've seen so far? Is there anybody on that list that you really were rooting for for the Cowboys to re-sign? Um, not really, to be honest. Um, I think all of those guys are guys that if they had brought them back, especially on you know cheap, team-friendly deals, it wouldn't really be – you know, it wouldn't be something that you'd be upset about. I think, especially like with Dalton Schultz, he was probably the most high profile of those guys. If the Cowboys were to have brought him back at what the Texans just paid him, 
I would not be upset. Um, I think a lot of the the reason the Cowboys decided to move on from him was just that he was asking for a much bigger deal than they were comfortable paying. And it turns out the rest of the NFL was also equally uncomfortable. So if they had gone that route, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been upset with it. If they brought back Noah Brown, provided that they still, you know, still prioritize upgrading their wide receiver core, which they've already done with cooks, I would not have been upset. But at the same time, I think it was refreshing that this front office didn't just say, we're going to bring these guys back because as you know, they like their guys um, I think it's just one other instance of how they're taking a different approach this offseason. Very good point there. And Brian, Brandon, this question is going to be for you. He said he's not a fan of the Rojo signing. He feels that there's three running backs that are good runners and pass catchers, but none of them are built as third down or short yard backs. So how do you feel about the Rojo signing overall? And do you feel like he's going to be part of that one-two punch? Or, uh, again, there's other options you can go with here. You have Rico Dowdle now in the mix. You have the Malik uh, Davis still in the mix. Or you draft a running back. Which route do you really see the Cowboys going as far as that running back position goes with Tony Pollard? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I do think that Ronald Jones, of course, is not going to prevent the Cowboys from drafting a running back, you know, in May, and he might not even make it out of training camp. And I'm not saying this anything against him or the player, the type of guy that he is. It's just the facts of, I mean, we'll see what the money is to the commitment, but I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. Um, but I do think that him coming in, it fills that veteran experience, like Ryan mentioned, you know, and it's just some guy to have on the roster as a protection just in case. I mean, listen, they brought back Rekel Daddle, and he hasn't been able to stay healthy out going into the season or very little into the season. So you don't know what's going to happen with Tony Pollard and his recovery. You might even just see that Ronald Jones is a guy that they use in mini camp and training camp just to get reps. So that not a lot of pressures on Tony Pollard and whoever they draft. Listen, there's a lot of guys right now, but the Cowboys have a way of figuring all this stuff out. Um, you might see that the guys that they that they signed today might not even make the roster. And these are like the moves that we said before that they usually make. But now it's just, again, they already made the major moves. This is just a little extra stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's a quality signing. I don't have any qualms with it because I don't think the money's too crazy. Uh, if they offered, you know, $10 million, they might be like, what are you doing? But I don't think that's the case. So I'm really not too upset with that. And staying on the running back position, Danny, I see Brian talking about wanting to bring maybe Zeke back for about $2.5 million after he feels nobody signs him at that point before the season starts. Do you think there is a possibility that Zeke could come back to the Cowboys at any point during this time? I do not. Um, I mean, I'd, to me, when you know we had this discussion before, too, it's like it's not to me, it was never about how what what would be the right price to bring him back. It's to me, I, I just don't think he's actually providing valuable reps. Now I know he he adds something in pass protection. He adds something in short yardage. He's he's tough and he's competitive. There's he's got a lot of things, but I don't want a roster spot allocated to that because I do think the Cowboys, you know, they're going to pick their best three. And like like you know, Brandon said, I don't think either of the guys they signed today are going to be a, a part of that. I think it's going to be Pollard. Malik, and then the rookie that they're going to draft. And there's going to be your running back. So there's just not room for it. And I don't want to care, you know, save a spot for a player. And I don't want to be tempted to have him and use him because I really thought that one of the Cowboys' mistakes sometimes last year was just uh, overcommitment to, to using him. And it just wasn't working. So, no, I don't think so. I, I, I love Zeke, but, I mean, I just don't really want to see that happen. 
how many you had your hand raised very politely. I love that. So are you counteracting with Danny here? Do you see that there could be a multiverse where we get all of these incredible offseason signings and additions and then you see Zeke maybe return at the end of it? Do you see that being a possibility or no? Um, well, I I mean, it, it, I think it's always a possibility just because the front office really likes Zeke. And if there's a situation where they can bring him back, I think they might explore that. Um, but I was just going to add on to Danny's point. Actually, usually we're at odds, but I just wanted to to follow up. And, you know, with the idea of bringing Zeke back for pass protection, um, I think I think that's going to be kind of a, a, a not as important role for running backs going forward with Mike McCarthy calling the plays. He, you know, comes from the West Coast offense. And a lot of that is based on basically for the quarterback, you know, you're either going to you know, you either have your first read that's generally, you know, something across the field, something down the field, or you're dumping it off to your check down, whether it's a tight end or a running back. So I think that, you know, we're not really going to see as much of a priority on running backs that can pass protect because instead they're going to be going out to run a route for that check down um, so that they're not relying on the pass protection, rather just getting the ball out of Dak's hand. Very good point there, Brian, saying that Zeke didn't provide valuable reps because Kellen didn't use him in a valuable way. They played him way too much, and he needs to be strictly third down, short yardage blocking, and red zone usage only, which is what we saw last season. We saw most of Zeke's touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in one season, by the way. I would say that's pretty valuable. Um, They were in the red zone, really. So, again, they were using him um, in the ways that I I think – was mentioned, but I also think he wasn't being used in the right ways uh, as well. Brandon, are we going to duke it out? We're going to argue. What's no, what's your take on all this? I I I will go against what the guys are saying. I do think that there's a possibility that Zeke comes back, but I'll put it with the caveat that it might be for a one day contract. You know, maybe he decides to retire. Um, and I don't know if that's a possibility. I'm not speaking on anything that I I know about. But when you look at the way that the running back market is right now. Um, where teams like when you see realistic options for him to go to Buffalo signed a guy, Miami has a few guys in place. The Texans even, you know, just signed Devin Singletary and maybe the one landing spot. You look at Tampa Bay, possibly skip Pete's there, you know, his old running back coach, but you know, are they going to be willing to commit to somebody like Zeke if they're going to be in a rebuilding mode? So I don't know if there's a lot of options out there for him right now where he might just look at it and say, listen, I made my money. I'm healthy. I have, you know, my my health and everything to kind of move forward with my life. And, you know, maybe this is it for me. So, again, I I don't know anything, but that's the only thing I, I might see with him coming back this season specifically would be on like a one day contract. Definitely would be weird to see Zeke in anything but a Cowboys jersey. I will tell you all that much. That'd be a rough day. Brandon and I were talking about it last night and just naming some of the players we've seen, uh, DeMarco Murray, in, uh, you know, opposing jerseys. And that's horrible. So, yeah, no, no thanks. Uh, We're going to skip over that. But what we're not going to skip over is our game for the day, because as we all know, we are in the middle of March Madness. So I was thinking, how do we make this a BTV style March Madness game to appease everybody? Because 
hey, who doesn't love to keep up with March Madness during this time of the year? But here's what we're going to do. I have a little bracket set up that has an offensive side and then a defensive slash specialist side that we're going to go through category by category. And yes, the guys have cheated. So they know what the bracket looks like that you're not getting them on the spot. You're getting well thought out answers here to what exactly uh, their position of choice is going to be on that specific bracket. So we're going to start on the offensive side of this bracket and how this is going to work is I'm going to ask, do you want this position or this position? I'm going to go around. We'll start with Hellman. We'll go with Brandon. We'll go uh, with Danny after that. And then we'll say yes or no. And then whoever wins that part of the bracket will move on to the next part until we find, here's the kicker, who you think the Dallas Cowboys are going to draft for their first round draft pick. So all of this is going to dwindle down to who is the most realistic position or what realistic position you see the Dallas Cowboys getting in that first round after this very productive free agent week, which, you know, really changed a lot of those draft brackets. Guys, uh, I know we're all very heavily into the draft, but Danny, how much has this week alone impacted your potential uh, mock draft that you have going on? Uh, you know, I'm glad you started with me because I'm the right person to make this statement. Is it impacted at zero because the Cowboys... Wow! They, they always approach free agency to fill holes because their intent is to draft as pure as possible. So they don't want to go in there and having to draft needs and, and valuing disposition over that position. So to me, I feel like the Cowboys have a, have a good idea about the landscape of the draft. And I think because of that, and they would know which positions are, are lean, and which are rich, they have a good sense about how they're going to approach it. And I think that may in turn influenced how they go about their free agency. And you might see this guy come in versus this guy. So um, to me, it changes nothing. I haven't put together a board yet. I'm trying to kind of, to wait things out a little bit. I also want to dig just, um, I want to do a blind and have it just be my own. So I'd trying to stay away from the other influences. So to me, I just, I don't have anything player stacked yet, but I will say this. I don't think that the, it has changed a whole lot as far as the Cowboys plans. Okay, Hellman, what about you? Your personal mock draft, has this week really changed who you thought the Cowboys would go after for number 26 in the first round? Um, I I got to agree with Danny to some extent in that I, I think that it really has agree with Danny twice tonight. Are you okay? Let's start there. Are you okay? Are you feeling well? Are you yeah. good? I'm, I'm going to have to retire to my own bunker because things are just going crazy right now. I guess. I don't know what is going on. Oh, my goodness. But I mean, I like I think you know the the Cowboys, they've they've done similar you know had similar strategies in the past. Granted, they haven't been as bold as bringing in guys like Stephon Gilmore, or Brandon Cooks, but they generally try to get at least someone in there that can theoretically fill a hole on their roster. Um, and you know, with with uh, the two that they signed today from the outside coming in are kind of kind of fit that bill more traditionally to what we've seen. And so I don't really think that. Um, you know, they, they can still go out and draft a corner if that's going to be the best position there because with Stefan Gilmore, obviously he's set up to be the starter this year, but he's, you know, he's on a one-year deal. They've, he's essentially a, a rental. Similarly with receiver, Brandon Cooks has uh, one year after this, and it's also kind of set up to where if they really wanted to move on from him after this year, they could. Um, so they still have a lot of uh, freedom to go pretty much any direction that they want. The only thing I think is probably – out of the picture is quarterback, but you know, at least in the first round, that is maybe they'll, they'll look for a backup later on in the draft. 
And Brandon, we know that the Cowboys are very draft and develop when it comes to their mindset. Do you feel like they're going to emphasize heavily on that draft and develop mindset, you know, going into this draft? Or do you feel like more so now you have a lot of that veteran leadership that continues to really come into the Cowboys locker room? Do you feel like you're going to see a little bit more of that approach? Maybe not just even now, but as the season goes on, kind of like we saw last season with the uh, late season additions. Yeah, I think it's something that I was just thinking about how I think the Cowboys are changing how they approach the draft, like they're still draft and develop, but I don't think that they're going to put as much pressure on their rookies to come in and be impact players like absolutely right away from the back end of the draft. When you look at Kelvin Joseph and how he's developed and or lack thereof, maybe someone like in Sean Wright, like those two players put them in a hole last season where when it came to the cornerback position, they weren't really prepared to kind of take that next step and develop. They had to bring guys in off the street. So you might see a scenario where like they're going to start protecting themselves with these veteran players like a Stefan Gilmore, a Brandon Cooks, where you don't have a Jalen Tolbert instance happen like last season. And the Cowboys have been very good with having the rookies step in right away. But I think you might be starting to see a trend where maybe they just want to draft best player available, regardless if he has experience, lack of experience. And even someone like a Tyler Smith, even though he was a raw prospect, he they knew that his mental makeup would be able to handle that type of position. They even brought in somebody like a Jason Peters to kind of help ease that transition as well. And honestly, for me, like when it comes to the draft, the only thing that would surprise me, like Hammond mentioned, would be them taking a quarterback in the first round. They could trade, uh, you know, with Jack and his magic beans for a beanstalk for a draft pick for the first round draft pick. I still would be like, all right, yeah, no, I get it. Like, I trust them. Like, they have my trust full heartedly because of the Tyler Smith pick, because of the things that they've done in the past where I see what they see now. And it's like, okay, a lot of these moves make sense. Taco Charlton, like, that's the one, like, kind of asterisk, but they're not like that type of team anymore. They've moved on and grown and developed just like a beanstalk. I love that you tied it back to the the beanstalk. That was glorious. Um, love love that. That really caught me off guard, but great. Great point, Brandon. Um, okay, let's go ahead and start with our little um, BTB-style March Madness bracket here. And our first, we're going to start on the offensive side here. And I'm glad you brought up drafting a quarterback in the first round because your first choice, gentlemen, are we going quarterback versus tight end? Who do you want to move on to round two of our bracket? And again, we'll start at Hellman. We'll make our way around. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with tight end here. I would much rather invest uh, a pick in a tight end. Um, you know, for obvious reasons, I think Dak Prescott is, you know, he is good. He is your quarterback and they don't really need to spend a draft pick that high on on the position. But also I think tight end, When you know, I look at this offense right now and, um, you know, Jake Ferguson was really promising. Uh, Peyton Hendershot was really promising. But at the same time, you're losing a lot of production in Dalton Schultz. And this draft class has a lot of tight ends, especially at the top of the draft class that can come in and be really great pass catching threats like Dalton Kincaid out of Utah, Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, Michael Mayer out of uh, Notre Dame. I think there's just so many options that they could go with that for me, that's that's probably where I would most want to go, especially when you compare it with quarterback. Very good explanation. I was laughing in the middle of that because Ryan in our chat said Dak and the Beanstalk. And so that good. is amazing. I, I love that so much. Um, Danny and Brandon, are we agreeing there with Howman? Are you picking tight end no matter what? Is quarterback just completely out of the question? Danny, you go first. I want to hear what you think. Well, first off, I want to say this. If there ever was an owner who might trade his draft pick for Magic Beans, 
It, it would be Jerry Jones. So uh, let's yeah. let, let's just kind of, you know, uh, let's not uh, let's not count it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say this though: uh, if there is a a bigger Dak hater on this panel than myself, I mean, I would be surprised. But uh, I don't consider myself a Dak hater. Uh, but you know, I do I do find fault in him more so than I think a lot of other people. But in no way, in no form, would we be considering, you know, taking a quarterback in the first round. And I, I mean, this—it's not a need for us now. It's not a need for us tomorrow, and it's probably not a need for us three or four years down the road. So, uh, no, um, not at all. And also, too, we—I might want to mention if quarterback was even in the question, we would be talking about, you know, packaging some draft capital to move up to actually get a viable quarterback. Because, so it just and. And all, um, any way you look at it, it's it's just the it's the worst idea. So it's going to be. I'm going to be putting my money on tight end for this this round. Yeah, I I was going to say I I agree. And to play sort of devil's advocate to why quarterback would be the only thing on the table is, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy comes from Green Bay. Green Bay has done this before. I know he's wasn't usually heavily involved in the draft process, but. If he wants to draft and develop a guy, maybe some guy slips because there's a last minute update with a knee injury or something that kind of pops up and pushes him down the board. I think that would also tell a lot about where the Cowboys not only see their future with Dak Prescott, but also with Mike McCarthy. You know, if you want to bring a guy in in the first round, that usually means your head coach is sticking around for the most part. I mean, we've seen instances where, you know, in Arizona, you draft Josh Rosen and the the coach is is out within a year. But I think that would say, you know, maybe they have more faith in Mike McCarthy than than they do the. Dak, Dak Prescott. And that's not been the case. They have clearly a little bit more faith, I think, in Dak. If I had to kind of put, it would be like 70, 30, you know, more on Dak than, than Mike McCarthy. Um, but I do think tight end is, is the logical option here. Uh, again, the, the draft sets up perfectly to where the Cowboys address their needs in free agency, where the players that are not really rich in this draft, they brought in safety linebacker, you know, all these guys and tight end. They didn't decide to put any money towards with the Dalton Jolts and bringing them back. Cause they know how deep this tight end class is. Howman has been like from day one on the Luke Musgrave train, all these tight ends. So he got me on board. Me and was, yeah. He got Jess on board. So I'm, I'm right along with them. Punch my ticket. Like the polar express. The Polar Express now. Wow, we're just making all the references today. Danny, you had mentioned that you are not a Dak hater. You don't classify yourself as that. But somebody in the chat I saw up here uh, said you're a Dak realist. So is that what you identify yourself as as far as your, I guess, disdain for Dak Prescott? I think we all identify ourselves as realists. I mean, let's be real. <laughs> I mean, we all think we, you know, we're, we're being as truthful as we can. Um, but I do, I mean, I, I do, I have, negative things to say about him. I, you know, I'm, I'm fighting off the haters too. Um, but I, I want to throw a quick question at you, Jess, because, you know, this got me thinking yeah. a little bit with everything that's going on, you know, with the, with the cook signing in, you know, with the, we have, you know, Tyron back and the Cowboys keeping their defense stuff. Do you feel like, you know, after, after the front office has said, you know, we, you, you can only do so much when you're paying a quarterback that much. So, you know, do you feel like the, that they've maybe changed their mind to where like, you know what, we are they doubting Dak a little bit? Where that's like we really need to give more resources and for for this team to be successful. Or is there any part of you that's like thinking that maybe that they're starting to have a little bit of doubt? I think they are keeping their eye on him more. I think it's become the lens has uh, grown a little bit since last season because although you know, look, 
we're all realists here. We know the interceptions were an issue, but they were not just his issue. Uh, offensively, they were an issue. Scheme-wise, they were an issue. And miscommunication more than anything was leading to uh, those you know, interceptions. But I think maybe the front office is putting a little bit of a lens on him to say, well, let's see what you can get done. We're giving you everything to make the success possible. We're getting Kellen Moore out of the picture to make an offensive scheme with Mike McCarthy, who has ample experience in the play calling. You have Schottenheimer that came in, who is going to be able to, I think, work very well with McCarthy and you know the vision that they have for this newly found offensive scheme you're going to see. Overall, um, I think Dak has done what he can with what he has. But for me personally, I think when it came to Kellen Moore, he was the one that was really holding uh, Dak back in in what he could do. It just looked like overall Dak was very confused with the scheme. It looked like he was in his own head trying to play the hero a little bit more. Of course, you had T.Y. Hilton in the mix, but he wasn't played enough. I mean, you you had the pieces, but I don't think it was utilized well. So I want to say that the front office is saying here, take all of this. We're giving it to you so you can be even more successful. But I don't think it's even a question of it's not to that point yet where they're questioning if Dak is the guy. Um, Jerry Jones talked to the combine and he said, hey, you know, until we see the uh, the digression in Dak's play, he's our guy. And basically you saw them use that logic uh, when it came to Zeke this offseason. So turning the script on me a little bit, Danny, I like that. Uh, challenging me a little bit there, putting me on the spot. But uh, yeah, no, I love that. So um, all right, for our first round tight end wins. So the next one we're going to go to is we're saying wide receiver versus offensive tackle. Guys, who are you taking? This is real. We're the Cowboys front office. We have to make a decision and dwindle down to that number one pick. Are you going wide receiver? You going OT? What are you thinking, Hellman? I I think probably I would go wide receiver. Um, I think probably the Cowboys are in a good spot right now with offensive tackle. You know, Tyler Smith just had a really great rookie year. Tyron Smith is coming back. And, um, you know, obviously Terrence Steele is recovering. But at the same time, it, it sounds like they're pretty optimistic that even if he isn't quite ready to go at the beginning of the offseason program, that he'll be able to get there in time for the season and play the bulk of the season. Um, so, I, I mean, I think they're in a good spot at tackle. And, and they're in a pretty good spot at receiver after getting Cooks too. But, you know, again – um, you know, Michael Gallup is, you know, coming off of another uh, another injury that he sustained during the season that he got a scope for, um, still recovering from the ACL as well. And then, you know, Cooks is coming in, but he's, you know, an older player. He's got two years on his contract. So I think they're in a spot where they can still go and draft one of these receivers, especially if one of those top guys uh, ends up falling just a little bit. You know, if you, if you can get him, get a guy like that at 26, kind of similar to when C.D. Lamb fell. Um, you know, it's, it's a passing league, especially, you know, Mike McCarthy is a pass happy play caller too. So I think it makes sense to try and load up on receiver and, and also you can never have too much depth at receiver. That's one of those positions where, you know, you never want to find yourself looking for an Odell Beckham, who's still a free agent or looking for T.Y. Hilton that hasn't played all year. Um, you'd like to have that depth already on your roster. Mm. Love that. Gonna, Raymond, what yeah. about you? I was going to say, I take your words and I reverse them against you to the logic of that offensive tackle uh -oh. would, would make the most sense. And I say that because the last part that you mentioned where, you know, you have a T.Y. Hilton, guys you can bring in. To me, at the end of the season, like if you have an injury, you know, you don't have a T.Y. Hilton out there who, who's an experienced offensive tackle. I think it's harder to find those guys on the street. 
because the position is very valuable. And I do think when it comes to this draft, the wide receivers, I think, you know, if you don't have one in the first round, you can find a very serviceable one, if not plus starter in the second round, third round. But when it comes to offensive tackle, I think that that drop off is a little bit more significant. So if you have a guy there in the first round that you really like, I know in a couple comments, you know, Darnell right out of Tennessee, that's a name. I know he's up a little bit higher on draft boards now, um, but that's a name that I would certainly love to have just because you might be able to play him at offensive guard first, you know, and then kick him out to tackle afterwards. And then, you know, listen, if the Cowboys truly feel that Tyler Smith is a guard, you know, you have Ty- Tyron Smith who hasn't really proven to be healthy over the past few years. Um, you know, Josh Ball, Matt Willetsko, who is again going to come back from a shoulder injury, uh, Terrence Steele, like your tackle depth is with like a big circle of question mark, you know, around it. And you don't know where it can go. It can kind of fall apart in an instant. It's great right now. But I do think if you add a rookie in there, it kind of protects you a little bit more. And I think with your wide receiver room, you just add a guy in later in the draft. That would make me feel just a little bit more comfortable. Danny, you are our tiebreaker for this. Which position are you going with? No pressure or anything. You know what? There is pressure because both of this is really tough. I actually thought this would become the championship bracket for the offense, to be honest. It it would have been for me, so really tough. I threw you a little bit of a wrench with this one. I said we're getting difficult early on in this bracket. Yeah, we are. I mean, this is – I feel like this is the, you know, toughest. And it's it's hard still for me. And, I mean, actually, you know – you know, and you know, Howman and I don't agree a lot, but I I agree with everything that he said. And but then Low- wow. you know, Lowry comes back, and everything makes sense. So I'm back on the offensive tackle spot. So I'm honestly I'm so confused. But so here's here's what it is for me. Um, I think when you look at you know we got Cooks for two years, we got CD forever, and we got Gallup for a good three four years or whatever. Probably I don't know. So we're sitting pretty good at wide receiver. Uh, now if you look over the offensive line. You know, we got Tyron back. We know that that this might be his last year. He may not even make it through. Uh, we don't really know where t- uh, Tyler Smith is going to play. Probably future left tackle. Uh, we did sign Chumbawanga today, so I mean, we got some depth. Um, so there's, it's really tough. And and I, to me, the tiebreaker is going to be like, which player's better? And that's that's how I'm going to decide this. I don't know. Now, if you if it's if it's uh you know JS JSN. I'm going to run to the podium. So, I mean, that's going to be an easy one for me. But at the same time, I'm not um, against taking another another tackle. The Cowboys are good at it. The Cowboys are good. Maybe they'll get one and they want to move them inside. And then we'll have a great line. So, uh, um, oh, my goodness. I didn't answer, did I? No, yeah, no, we're, we're seeing you say, work I get through. knocked down, just... but I get up again. Like, I'll sing for you guys while Danny makes a decision because, uh, no, we did not answer it yet. You know what? I, I'm going to say uh, – I'm going to actually go with wide receivers going to win this one because I mean, we, we saw what happened last year. We were so upset about it. You know, the whole Jalen Tolbert thing just left a sour taste in our mouth. And, you know, we want, we want all these weapons, you know, we want a plethora of weapons. And uh, I think, you know, so I'm going to go, I'm going to give the um, nod to wide receiver tough, really tough one though. No more tough ones, Jess. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. But yeah, no, that that was surprising. You were really misleading us there. I thought for once tonight, you were actually going to disagree with Howman. And so far, that is not the case. I don't know, like, if y'all have an alliance going because Brandon and I are co-hosts. Like, I'm not sure what's going on, but it's definitely uh, a little bit suspect over there. All right, we're moving on to our next couple of positions. We have a running back versus an offensive guard. Gentlemen, which position are you going with? Howman, we'll start with you again. Well, I think this is kind of ironic because I just argued against taking a tackle and now I'm going to argue for taking a guard. (laughs) Um, And, you know, a lot of it really just boils down to positional value. Um, You know, I I think I I personally have have been very hard on the idea of taking a running back in the first round. I think it's just uh, an improper allocation of resources. We've seen time and time again, even for the Cowboys specifically with Tony Pollard, you can find really good productive running backs in the middle rounds of the draft. So I don't think that it really makes sense, especially with the Cowboys setting this up to take the best player available. Um, I don't think it makes sense to then go ahead and spend that first pick on a position that you could find a really productive player later on in the draft. Uh, Similarly with guard, um, you know, like we just talked about, we don't know if Tyler Smith is going to be playing at left guard or if he's going to be moving out to tackle. So there's some uncertainty there. And then, you know, behind Tyler Biotish and Zach Martin, there's you don't really have a whole lot of depth that's returning. Um, what you do have in Matt Farniak, he was you know, hurt throughout the year. So I just think um, from a positional value perspective, it makes sense to, to get a guard and kind of help build up those trenches, even if they're not necessarily starting right away. You know, that's kind of a good, good thing because then you've got your, your, your best five players out there. But at the same time, I think there's some some pretty solid guards in this draft that will be available kind of in their range with Steve Avila out of TCU, uh, Osiris Torres from Florida. All right, Brandon, what about you? What position? Hey, are wait, you wait, going? whoa, whoa, whoa. Brandon wants to go last. Oh, Brandon. Okay. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 right. no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, Dan, go ahead. You were no, very no, eager no, for this I'll, one. I'm going to wait for a tougher one. I just realized this is not the time to be saying that. So, oh my okay, goodness. David has a little bit of fire in him well, today. Hey, listen, guys. I, I don't think we should put him in the position to be the tiebreaker again. Um, and um, it's not going to be this time around. Oh, so, no, he yeah. has some, he has some fire in him. So like, if anybody's being the tiebreaker tonight is always going to be Danny. I'm yeah. just saying, Hey, I'll he's, take he's it. But himself. Yeah. yeah you know, like Danny answered with the last question, and this is sort of like the chicken answer for me where it's like, well, it depends on who's there. You know, like if it is Bijan, is it is it, you know, him there or is it somebody else? Like for me, I would take personally, I'd take Jameer Gibbs at 26. I think he's just as good at as Bijan. Um, so for me, I look at the fifth year option. You get a premier running back and then you just plug him in. Tony Pollard walks and he's your guy for the next you know, five years. But I do think that 
like to, to Hellman's point, the drop off from running backs in the first round to the middle part of the round really isn't that steep. Like you could find somebody like the kid out of Tulane, you know, in the second, third round, you know, late third, late second, and still have him be like a plus starter in the NFL with the Cowboys. And what they've proven is that they can find guys on the offensive line in the first round and have them be plug and play guys and be successful uh, at the next level. And I do think Steve Avila is a great name. You might even see maybe like a John Michael Schmitz where he's a center, but maybe they play him at guard, uh, you know, to start for his first season. And then you have some leverage over Tyler Biotish with regards to contract negotiations the following year. And then you have your plug and play center, you address guard, you know, the next season. So for me, in this instance, yes, it does depend on who's there at running back. But I, I do love all the guys who are in like rounds three through six who you can get at running back. And for that reason, I'm going to take offensive guard here. Danny, no tiebreaker needed, but just for the fun of it, what position are you going with? Yeah, it's for sure going to be a sweep. Um, but I will say this. Um, I mean, I agree with everything that both of them said. Uh, it's uh, both of these positions actually, you know, I, I wrote articles about it as, you know, the Cowboys like to get the best at something. And both of these have one of those um, players that could be that uh, if, you know, and I'm, I also agree with Brandon, as far as, uh, you know, Bijan or, or Gibbs, I, I mean, you could go either way there. They're, to me, they're like one A, one B, but I also love two A through two G, you know, because there's so many of them later. Uh, so it's definitely, it's going to be guard for me. And, um, you know, um, and how I'm going to mention it, you know, Osiris uh, Torrance was like the, I think he was the first, prospect i actually evaluated to and one and and i I think he would be great he he would he was uh solidify this offensive line give us strength everywhere to me and also i think it would be cool to have you know uh offensive line we got terrence torrance smith smith tyler tyler just i don't know it would would be super confusing that's nice i'm all for that so uh but yeah so it's gonna be clean sweep definitely i don't want to want any part of a running back um in the first round All right. Well, there you have it. Okay. So we're on to the second round of our offensive side of the bracket and we are going to see tight end versus wide receiver. Who are y'all going with? And I know, I know it's getting harder and harder, but how many real quick, my mom sent me a text and was very concerned for who the man is behind you in the window. I don't watch the office. Uh, and, and for those of you listening to the podcast version of this, Hellman has an office background. Um, and I don't watch the office. I don't know who that character's name is. My mom also clearly does not watch the office, but she's very concerned for the man in your window behind you. <laughs> that, well, that is one of the best employees at Dunder Mifflin. His name is Stanley Hudson. And uh, he's he's totally fine. He's just there taking a nap and hoping nobody notices. So nothing to worry about. But do go out and check out The Office. It's a great show. All right. Well, I feel like uh, taking a nap at work is is uh, not the best advice. But you know what? If you do, that is your prerogative. Are you going tight end or wide receiver here? Uh, I'm going tight end. And for me, it's it's really honestly not that that difficult for me just because I've been riding the tight end train for um, a while now since the season ended. I I just think, you know, when you, when you look at this offense, specifically with Mike McCarthy, the way that he uses tight ends, um, he he really likes the, the big mismatch size guys, the athletic guys. And there's a lot of guys at the top of this draft class that really just fit that mold. And especially bringing in Brandon cooks, um, you know, you're pretty good at the top of your depth chart at wide receiver and you've got, um, you know, if you, if you can get one of these tight ends, that's going to be essentially a big slot receiver for you. 
I think that just opens up so much more possibilities, especially for Dak in the passing offense. Um, and so for me, I think it's just a, a better spot to attack. All right. Well, there you go. Let's go to Danny. I'm, I guess, not going to let him be the tiebreaker if there is one. But Danny, what are you thinking? Yeah, I, uh, you know, like I often do, I disagree with Howman. And, uh, there it is. Um, there it is. We were waiting for that all night. There I it knew is. it was going to happen eventually. Yeah, and I'll tell you why. You know, the, the, come to an end. Come to an end. It's okay, Howman. I don't find the tight ends. They, they don't. They don't jump off. They'll jump out. Jump out at me. Like I mean, there's the good ones too. And and I'm not. I don't have as much love for Musgrave as you guys do. And you know, I am. A, I am a beaver. You know, I'm a beaver alum. So you know, go Brandon Cooks. Boo, Nashon. Boo, Musgrave. You know, I'm, I am completely objective as far as, you know, my Cowboy players. I want good players. So, I mean, I think, I mean, he's, he's fine, but not 26 fine. And so to me, I mean, I feel like there's players that I like later in the rounds for tight end. And I want to go, you guys see my flow chart. I want to go money five. So, I mean, wide receiver is a position, a more premium position. They're, they're going to be able to help the offense more. And remember, we got, we got freaking frack on our team. So, you know, it's not like we need. We have a huge need at tight end. So, to me, I I, I agree with Holman that it is an easy decision, but it's going to be the wide receiver spot for me. Shots fired! Oh man, we were waiting for that all night. I did want to say too, my mom watches the show, and I just want to say that you know, hi to my mom. But I, I would, I would, I would never. Uh, you know, I would never include anything she says though. Just uh, you know, to have oh, my man. my mom filter in there just because. Oh, moms yeah. can moms can be dingy a little time just you know sometimes my mom my mama is just texting me all all her little side comments that they're all nice but i thought the man in the window one was really funny um <laughs> uh, dan it looks like kevin gave your mom five points so uh five points for danny's mom brandon you're a tiebreaker now so again absolutely zero pressure but make the right decision yeah i'm gonna go tight end here and i say that because i agree with howman um i think that when it comes to the tight ends that are in the draft i would think in my opinion that michael mayer uh you know not so much uh washington out of georgia but uh, Musgrave and then also Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid, honestly, to me, might be one of the best pass catchers in general in the draft. I think he's one of the best pure pass catchers, even over the wide receivers. And I, like I said, I know both positions. This is a great matchup because both stretch throughout the draft, in my opinion. Like you can find a guy, Tucker Craft, I think is the guy, you know, from, from South Dakota State. There's the guy from Old Dominion who's like six infinity. He's like super tall and really, really good. But I think that when it comes to the first round tight ends, I know there's been not a lot of success, not a lot of history in the NFL for guys that are pretty successful, but I'll take my chances with Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, who knows how to get the tight end involved. Um, and let's just line up with Cooks, Lamb, Gallup, the, the first round draft pick in the tight end, Tony Pollard, and let's score 50 points this season. Uh, oh, wow. Brandon really wants those 50 burgers. I love that. Okay. So that means we are on our final round before we find our winner of the offensive side of this offensive side of the bracket. And then we're going to move on to the defense here. So this means we are looking at the battle between tight end and offensive guard. Again, this is for the first round, number 26, y'all. Who are you going for? Dan, can I, I'm going to start can, with you. Okay, oh. okay. No, Brandon, go ahead. You are so eager about this. Please. I was gonna go say, ahead. let's put let's put Halman in the box this time uh and see how he does. Yeah, uh, no, I was gonna go, I was gonna reverse it a, a okay. little bit. So 
Danny, go first. Let us have it. You go in tight end or offensive guard? Yeah, I mean, if I didn't get my point across the first time that I don't want a tight end in the first round, I'll do it again. I'll do it again. I'll do it again. Um, (laughs) No, I mean, I I also like Kincaid too. But again, it's it's. I just don't think that's a good use of um, first round draft capital. Remember, tight ends don't don't hit the ground running. I mean, we didn't even see Schultz take off until year three. So I feel like there's going to be a little bit more growing pains, you know, learning curve with with the tight end. So I I, I would think of more about maybe a development guy type as, how, as far as how I'd approach that. So I'm really off the tight end. Um, so guard to me is going to win. I'll just keep it short and sweet. I'm taking guard. All right, Brandon, where are we going with this? Uh, it's tough because I think these are the two logical uh, positions that the Cowboys take in the first round. So I think that this is a great tiebreaker because I think that how they've addressed free agency and everything like this sets up perfectly for them. Um, I I agree with what Danny said, where, you know, the track history for the Cowboys, it's like, why wouldn't you take the offensive guard? Because this is who the Cowboys are familiar with. They hit home runs every single time they're batting a thousand. But to me, when I look at how the Eagles and the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl, you need in the modern NFL a dynamic playmaker at tight end. And to me, that's something that the Cowboys haven't really had. And when I look at these uh, tight ends in this class, deep and at the top, I think that you have dynamic tight ends in the top four with with the four guys, the Luke Musgrave and everybody. Um, so I, for that reason, I need to take that because I do think that the Cowboys can find uh, an offensive guard. Maybe it is uh, uh, Tyler Smith at left guard, Tyron Smith at left tackle. Maybe Tyron fa- finds the fountain of youth and then you roll with that into the season. Um, but for me, I got to go tight end with this one. And I have a feeling uh, Taylor Swift said it before. I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending. But in this case, I'm going to like the ending. Howman, where are we going? Are we going tight end or? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going tight end. Um, I, I, I could have built up all the suspense, but I think everybody probably knows I was going tight end. Um, and, you know, I, I understand people have concerns about, uh, you know, the, the, the miss rate on tight ends, especially in the first round. I, I actually wrote about that extensively in an article a couple of weeks ago, but basically the tight end is an evolving position right now for a long time. They were a guy that really had to be a, a blocking presence and they became kind of, they need to block. They need to be able to catch the the quick passes. And now they're becoming, you know, with Travis Kelsey, with Kyle Pitts, they're becoming a guy that is going to be a featured part of your passing attack. And I think with this draft class specifically, we're going to see teams kind of make that shift because you have so many guys that in college have been used as a premier uh, pass catching threat. Um, so I think if the Cowboys were to embrace that, if they were going to go and draft a guy like Dalton Kincaid, um, who I think is the best tight end in this class, or one of the other guys, um, they would actually kind of be ahead of the curve on one of these trends for once, whereas it seems like most of the time they're kind of playing catch up. So I think that's kind of an added bonus of going tight end. All right. So that means that your winner on the offensive side of the bracket is the tight end position. Now we're going to, oh, Danny's not happy about this. Um, but let's go ahead and go to the defensive slash specialist side of the bracket. And we'll get to why, uh, there's two positions here, but let's go start from the first round and keep in mind, guys, we have about 12 minutes left on this because we just have so much fun and this is so much fun, but I just, I want everyone to get their points across. Um, okay. First round, we're going defensive tackle versus linebacker. Gentlemen, Danny, I'm going to start with you again. Who? are we going with oh man this is another tough one um 
Oh, brother. Um, <laughs> oh, brother. I really want to cut that audio and make it like my morning, I don't know, my morning alarm, maybe. Like, I just I'll, ne- I'll never talk again if you do. <laughs> um, I, I'm i going to go with, first off, both of these positions are positions that are, are, aren't of high value. Cowboys, in particular, do not like defensive tackles. I can't even think of when last time they drafted a defensive tackle early. I think it was Russell Maryland, if I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, I think um, so. But um, I'm gonna go linebacker. Um, I I feel like that that also too would would give them a linebacker can come in and hit the re- hit the ground running. You put him with LV, LVE and and Damone Clark, and I think you got to feel really good about the line, linebacker spot. So I give the edge to linebacker. All right, Halman, I'm gonna jump over to you. Are you going linebacker or DT? I'm going defensive tackle, and it seems like every single year in the draft, I'm like banging the drum i want the cowboys to break that streak and actually go out and draft a defensive tackle um and you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do it again this year i, I really like kalijah Kansi out of Pitt. i like uh Maisie smith out of michigan i i know the cowboys aren't gonna do it because they just don't value that position but if i were the one in charge and making the pick that's where i would go and real quick i see some confused comments guys we are going through a one side of this bracket we're playing march madness btb style here so we're going through different categories and then we're going to find the defensive or specialist position in this uh, case that could be the cowboys first draft round we already did the offensive side but but just a little refresh of the room brendan i kept the people waiting in suspense what is our tiebreaker uh, I'm going to say, you know, Hellman, I mean, lest we forget that we've been slaying dragons since January, how you came on the pod after every loss, then the Cowboys go on and win in Tampa Bay for their first home or road uh, playoff win in a very long time in the Navy jerseys. We're slaying dragons in the draft. They're going to be taking a defensive tackle in this scenario in round one because logic is just lining up that way where now they're these spenders in free agency and it just seems to be that way. And I, I do think that linebacker is very weak in this draft just in general. Um, so they might find some depth, you know, later in, in the draft. I think Jack Campbell maybe might sneak in there if they really do like him in the first round and just think, ah, you know, what the heck, let's just take him here. Um, but I do think that when you have Van Der Esch, you have Damone Clark and maybe Jabril Cox develops finally into something. Maybe you bring in somebody off the streets like a Dion Jones, something like that. I think that you're set up in that instance. But yeah, give me a really top flight defensive tackle in the first round. Uh, I think that's the route that the Cowboys can go. Mozzie Smith, like big, big, beefy guy. So if they don't bring back Hankins, that's a good replacement. All right. So we're going DT there on our first little round up next we have let's see i didn't even change the banner guys i'm so behind in this i got so enwarped in this conversation i think it's because we really want it to be guard i think we want to be guard (laughs) i think the universe really wants it to be guard there uh some some force was like uh, i don't know wiping my brain of changing the banner there but our next round is defensive end versus cornerback Y'all, this would have been a very different conversation, I think, had we talked about this a week ago. But, Brandon, what are you thinking for this particular showdown? Yeah, if it wasn't for Gilmore, I, I, I've i been on the train for drafting, you know, uh, a cornerback all day. I know, you know, with Gilmore in the picture now, it's just it's more of a depth guy. But to me, you know, you don't know what you have in Kelvin Joseph anymore. You don't know what you have in Nashawn, right? Clearly, Danny believes that, you know, he could be uh, going back to the university for, for Holly Gares. But I, I do think that when it comes to the Cowboys, 
you can never have too many cornerback cornerbacks because of what you saw happen last season, where it was sort of like their crutch by the end of the year. Um, and to me, I've been a big Emmanuel Forbes guy. I think that when it comes to, you know, who you have, when you look at next season, Stefan Gilmer might not be here. Trayvon Diggs might not be here. And then what are you really left with? So I think if you bring in a guy who's a first round corner, um, that's somebody you can lock in with that fifth year option for five years guaranteed. And then you're really ready to roll into next season. Just keep that train going. So I got to go cornerback here. All right, Danny, it looks like Brian, who sent in a super chat earlier, who I'm so sorry I missed, by the way, um, says that you've already won this roundtable. Hands down, lock the doors, close up shop. That's what we're doing. But let's see how well you hold up on the defensive side of the bracket. Are you going DE or CB? No, I'm also going to take cornerback too. Oh, these are these are the two money five spots on there. So I mean, I could I could go either way because I value both of them. But I, I'll just keep it short. Um, I do think that the cornerback class is better. I like I like the cornerback class, but at the same, if we're talking first round picks, I don't actually. There's just not a lot of edge rushers that that I'm enamored by. But um, I actually want to make a comment. Speaking of Watsamata, I want to make a comment uh, comment on something he said way back way back yonder when he was talking about Dante Fowler is, you know, we're all happy about it. Most of us happy about it. He's a good player, but could he be a progress stopper? I didn't, I didn't expect him to return. I'm happy he's back, but could he be a progress stopper? You know, we want to see year two of Sam Williams. Um, so that's certainly something to, to take into account, but I think all that, all that really means is the Cowboys have outstanding depth. So to me, no, they don't, they don't need an edge. You know, Gilmore is going to be gone. And I mean, he's only here for a year. And like they, uh, Laurie mentioned earlier, we got some questions on the corner. So I'm de- I think this is an easy one for me. So I'm, I'm taking corner here. And because of that, Hellman, I am going to just assume you're going to go cornerback here. And for time's sake, because that already moved up, we're going to start with you for the next category. Um, I did see your super chat, all th- uh, Brian, all things to Watsamata. Thank you for being a good friend. That is a good friend. Everybody needs a good friend like Watsamata to reiterate a super chat that we missed. So everyone needs a friend like that. Uh, we will get to that, I think, at the end of this block after this because uh, it does go back a little bit to the offense, but we will answer it. Um, let's go to the next round. That's going to be safety versus a specialist. With this one, it's a little different because I'm allowing you guys to use your imagination for whatever specialist you want. That can be a kicker. That can be a long snapper. Both positions that the Cowboys definitely need to address at some point. But do you think they address it in the first round? Or are we all going to anonymously agree we're going safety uh, with this one. Hellman, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, it's safety. Um, I, I think it, it's kind of a, it is a little bit of a, a, a toss up because there's not a whole lot of safeties at the top of this draft class that are like obvious first rounders, but still just, you know, having good safeties, you know, with, with the trio that the Cowboys have right now has made all the difference for this defense. So if you have to go with one of those two, let's go safety. All right, uh, Brandon and Danny, are we agreeing just safety for time's sake with this one? Although I'd be curious to see what your specialist of choice was. Brandon? Uh, I was going to say, there's no Roberto Aguayo in this draft, so for that reason, I can't uh, draft uh, first-round specialists. All right, Danny, I'm I'm assuming this is just a knockout. We're going three for three with this. Yeah, I mean, I I want no part of Robbie Gold, so I don't want any part of a specialist in the first round. So (laughs) easy, easy choice for me. All right, so let's go to our second round here. We're going defensive tackle versus cornerback with this one. Danny, let's go ahead and start with you, and then uh, we'll go Brandon, then we'll go Hellman. 
Uh, I am taking the corner. Um, I, I don't even think I took. Did I take D, I didn't even take DT last time. So yeah, I mean, there's shouldn't even be in my bracket. So I'm taking the corner. Uh, I, I, I mean, you look at the Cowboys situation with cornerback and it's already been said it's something that's going to be a position of need soon so i would like for us to get ahead of this you know we're going to pay trayvon shortly and so let's one way to kind of balance that is to have a nice five-year rookie deal so i'm taking corner here all right brandon you going defensive tackle or cornerback uh, I'm taking corner and for I had to think about it too, like Danny said. And I like how I'm I'm hearing Danny's thought process throughout this because it's helping me too. Uh, but I, I have to go corner and simply uh, this is another factor of re- the reason why I want to take a corner in the first round is what you have when you have Stefan Gilmore on the roster, like get as many people like around him to learn from him as possible, like soak in all that veteran leadership and experience. He already talked about, you know, talking to Trayvon and teaching him some things. So throw another guy in that mix and somebody that you can kind of develop. And then if you trade like the other guys, like a Kelvin Joseph, if he blows up for whatever reason, you know, and has a great year, you trade him. And then this other guy kind of slides in. And I think that, you know, it's just like Danny said, it just makes too much sense. All right. And then Howman, which position are you going with? You know, it's, it's already gone the way of the cornerback, but I still want my first round defensive tackle. So that's let the record show that that's what I would have voted for. The record shows it, but the bracket does not. So, Ooh, sorry, we are burn. moving forward. Uh, <laughs> that came on the spot, and I was just really proud of that. I had to say it. Okay, so that means our last round before we reach the championship round is going to be safety or cornerback. Howman, because I just burned you with that incredibly fire burn of mine, um, which, round, which way are you going? Are you going CB or safety? Well, it was a fiery burn, and I am absolutely devastated. But um, I'll soldier on, and I'm going to go corner, largely just because that's, you know, we're we're good at safety. We've got you know the the trio back there, and with corner, you know, there's the question of what happens when Stefan Gilmore is gone, and you've got, you know, some other questions, especially with Trayvon Diggs and his contract coming up. I think you go and and prioritize that that position. Brandon. Yeah, corners turning into Duke of the mid two thousands here. Um, you know, so I, I just it would be weird if I said safety at this point. I've been standing on the stump for for corner, so I just have to keep the train rolling with this one. Choo choo, Danny. It already won, but just for the record, does your record match the bracket? No, it, it absolutely does too. And I I will add this too is I feel like the Cowboys. I talked to earlier about how they have an idea of the landscape. I don't think they see a lot of corners. They like certainly not. Um, Anyone they're gonna be willing to use a, a high pick on too? Because I mean, I was a little surprised by the Dono resigning, but you know the Cowboys have, have three safeties under contract, so I think that kind of speaks to maybe they don't view this this group um, as someone who you know come in and, and re- replenish some of the guys that will be free agents next year. So I'm gonna say corner, stand stand firm with cornerback. I am too. And uh, Ryan was asking me, or I think it was Ryan in the comments saying he wanted to to know my viewpoint. Problem is that would make an even number of us and there could be ties there. There's no one to break the ties if that's the case. So that's why I had them three uh, going at it with this bracket. But in this case, I'd go cornerback. Absolutely. What we've learned is we cannot have enough depth in these positions. We Mm -hmm. have learned that. We know that cornerback is a an easy position to want to have more depth with, uh, even with uh, the new addition of Gilmore. But guys, we are in our championship round. Oh my goodness. That went by so fast championship round. So that means on your offensive side of the bracket, you're going tight end on your defensive side of the bracket. You're going cornerback. So guys, 
just marinate in it for one second literally one second that is all you have because the banner is officially up danny i'm gonna start with you are you going tight end which i know you just love so much you're really rooting for that or are you going cornerback yeah there will not be any plot twists on this one i'm definitely gonna stick with how i feel i mean it's uh, it's not even really tough to me. I, I feel like tight ends the Cinderella team of this bracket. How do they get there? What's going on? But you know what? The clock is going to strike 12 because I know one of my fellow, you know, commenters over here is going to make a great case to, and, and, and stay with me, even though I know they love tight end. But, you know, so I'm I'm going corner. I'm going to put the first stake in the ground for cornerback and, uh, you know, just uh, cross my fingers. They're also talking about clocks, which reminds me of Taylor Swift's album Midnights, uh, which goes to one of the greater songs on there called Mastermind. How many are you going to be a mastermind here? Are you going to pull some trickery with the tight end position and, and do the expected? Are you going to go the unexpected and agree with Danny for the umpteenth time tonight, which I don't think any of us were expecting just once? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I definitely could not um, agree with Danny again. Um, I, I can't keep that streak going. So I'm going to go with tight end. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I've, I've already laid out my case for why I think that the tight end is uh, right now is an undervalued position. I think it's going to be a big part of this offense going forward, especially with the tight ends at the top of this draft class. And when you're talking about tight end versus corner, you're essentially looking at pass catcher versus somebody stopping the pass and offense defense. I think in the modern day NFL, you always should be prioritizing your offense offense wins games so for me it's tight end and let's see watsamata said uh we made it 61 minutes before the first taylor swift mention actually that is my fourth of the night you just didn't catch on Jeez. to the other ones so i'm sorry it's just kind of embedded in my language at this point um but brandon no pressure this is the yeah. championship round i mean this is all or nothing First place, you the the fate of the Dallas Cowboys first round draft pick for the 2023 NFL uh, draft is in your hands essentially. Yeah, absolutely zero pressure. But like, what are you doing with all that pressure? Or is it going to make a diamond? Which way are we going here? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to shine bright like a diamond on this one. Uh, but you know, listen, That's if any, Rihanna, not Taylor Swift. I know. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Super Bowl halftime show, all that stuff. Uh, but listen, if anybody in the comments wants to know Jess's opinion, follow her on Twitter at Jess Navarro's underscore. I'm sure she'll be able to give. There's know, a lot her, of her them. Comments yep. There. Uh, but <laughs> for me, you know, like I said, these are the two positions that I I truly feel in my heart I would pick if I were the the GM of the Cowboys. I know, like I mentioned earlier, guard and tight end seem to be the two that they would pick. But I do think that when it comes to the draft, there are a lot of cornerbacks that are starting to pop up that are first round guys. You see a lot of tight ends that are conventional, you know, wisdom. These guys are going in the first round and then it extends. It, it is tough because I have been like, again, with with Howman, with Danny. I do believe in the power five positions like Danny mentioned, because I do think that while yes, tight end is valuable in the NFL right now, I do think it's important to have a legitimate one. I think that you can find a legitimate one later in the draft. If a first round cornerback falls to you at 26, yeah, not maybe the top guys, maybe, maybe like the guy from South Carolina, um, the guy from Maryland, Deontay Banks. I think you take those guys all day because of the fact that, you know, you have Ferguson and Hendershot for the foreseeable future. You don't know what you have at cornerback next year. And like I mentioned, I'd love to have that guy kind of go in the room with Stefan Gilmore, learn from that. So for that reason, I have to go cornerback on this one because, like I mentioned, it's just a power five position. Uh, it is the Duke of this bracket. You know, no Fairleigh Dickinson here. 
shout out New Jersey. Uh, but, you know, in this case, I have to go corner. All right, everybody. So it looks like because of Brandon, your Dallas Cowboys are picking at number 26 of the 2023 NFL draft, a cornerback. Uh, let him know what you think in the comments. I mean, there were people, Watson was saying, don't let us down, like really passionate about that decision. So I think for the most part, everybody agreed here. Real quick, before I announce uh the btb winner i do want to go back to that super chat that i did promise we would go back to it was on the offensive side of things and it was from brian but watsamata being a good friend that he has actually paid for the super chat to make sure we saw it again so big shout out to them it says tyron is no longer making starting ot money cowboys don't have to feel forced to play him like they did zeke can be a fantastic swing tackle if we get a starting left guard and save his body. Uh, guys, let's go around. Danny, you're you're nodding your head in agreement. What is your thought on that real quick before we announce the now, winner? I love this question because, you, as I talked about earlier, I, I love this contract. And one of those – and the, the reason is the contract is is based on playing time. And we all assume that's – when's Tyron going to get hurt? But it's not necessarily that. He could, he could actually be that. If it turns out that Tyler is the guy, you know, and, and Terrence is healthy – I mean, why would you play inferior tackles? You wouldn't. So he would be your swing tackle, and you know what? He wouldn't get the he wouldn't get those um, incentive, you know, the raises too. So yeah, I mean, I think that's some, definitely comes into play. He could be end up like being one of those just sitting on the shelf, you know, late in the season. Well, there you go. We appreciate everybody who tunes into these roundtables so, so much. Um, we appreciate your questions, all your fun banner with us. We love it so, so much. But this wouldn't be a roundtable without a winner. And, guys, we're doing the unexpected tonight. And so I feel like as host and, and taking part in this point system that I have over here, it's a very fantastic point system, but I can't let you in on it. Um, I'm going to take an unexpected turn here, everybody. I am going to say, because I love somebody who stands true to their their voice, their opinions, who doesn't change it no matter where they are, I'm going to say tonight's roundtable champion is Danny Phantom. Because, Danny, you didn't waver away once. I love that. None of you did. But Danny has... He's stayed strong on this hill. Uh, every single time I talk to him, we get through our differences in a very respectful way, and I can appreciate that. So, Danny, how does it feel to be the champion, even though it was a close call for you there because tight end could have potentially won that first place, and I feel like that would have ruined your night. But overall, how are you feeling being the new BTB Roundtable champion for the week? I'm really surprised, honestly, because I, I agree with what you just said. I mean, everybody, this panel is one of the smartest group of Cowboy fans under the age of 30. If you guys are, I don't know. But um, nonetheless, just a, a really smart group. And you guys had great things to say. And I, did, I, I, was not, I didn't think it was looking very good for me because my bracket got blown up, basically. Uh, but you guys, great integrity with your answers, too. So, you know, you just... You, you have your opinions and you stick with it. And I appreciate that about you. So very surprised um, that, that I actually was able to come out on this one. It's a very strong competition tonight. And you and Howman agreeing. Howman between the man in the back of your window and all the Taylor Swift references that I know you understand. How are you feeling? Are you taking this loss hard? Because you did come to my defense on, on Twitter earlier this week uh, with B1 and Danny, I, I also loved your banter in, in on that whole wrestling debacle there too. But Helman, how are you taking this? Are you doing okay? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 doing good. I'm taking solace in the fact that, you know, Danny won and we spent most of the night agreeing with each other. So that almost feels like, you know, I, I've shared in this win. 
So basically, Brandon is the only one that did not win tonight, is what you're saying. Exactly. Well, and uh, I truly do feel like a loser, and not because I didn't win, but because I think if I went uh, tight end here, I might have gotten you know the the vote for for Hellman here, and unfortunately, I think I cost him the the victory. So that's on me. I take full ownership of that. Uh, please blame me for the next week. Um, but that's okay. We we know we align on a lot of things, so I'm okay with that too. I also feel like if I picked you as the winner, people would think I'm biased. Exactly. So you were yeah. kind of out of being the winner from, yep. from the beginning, to be honest. But gentlemen, where can people find all of your incredible work that you do with blogging the boys? Danny, we'll start with you. We'll go around to Brandon. How many will wrap things up? And then we are out of here. Now, if you ever uh, see anything that I tweet that you don't agree with, uh, you can follow me at underscore dh44 underscore. Uh, no, that's not. Um, I'm at Danny Phantom 24. Uh, yeah, short and sweet. Uh, I'm, at, <laughs> I'm at, at Brandon is right. W-R-I-T-E. Because again, in the journalistic sense, I write. Sometimes I am right, but clearly not a, not right enough to win tonight. So, um, you know, shout out to my uh, my terrible uh in twitter handle and uh we're just gonna move on moving on how many where where can people find you it's such a coincidence that danny and i have the same twitter handle because you can also find me on twitter at underscore dh44 underscore and if you see any opinions there that you don't agree with well you know take it up with the boss i, I can't do anything for you okay it's all right it's all good you can find me at uh jess navarra's underscore on twitter i'm going to shamelessly tweet taylor swift things tied in with my cowboy stuff that's just become what it is and that's okay so speaking of which Hellman, since you claim you're half of the winner and you're taking some of danny's success which i think is kind of wrong but that's okay you get to lead us out go ahead and sing us your favorite taylor swift song as we go out in three two one hit it I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.